Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today, Today's episode, episode 214, we're going to be talking about how to conduct professional interviews for your podcast. You know, interviews are an awesome way to create unique content, connect with influencers, and provide valuable information to your audience. Many people, however, are overwhelmed by the mere thought. I mean, what about the technology? What equipment do I need? What software should I use? How do I get the right people? If I do get the right people, how do I know what to ask them? And fortunately... You're listening to this episode right now, and if you haven't thought about interviews, I, I hope to change your mind, and if you have, I hope to equip you. So interviews, that's what we're going to be talking about today. I love doing interviews. Well, of course, I love podcasting, uh, <laughs> and a part of that, if you choose to go in this direction, is doing interviews. Interviews are great. I enjoyed, and you know, I I was actually surprised that I've never covered this on the podcast. I, I was going through my 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 old podcast episodes to see, hey, what have I not spoken about? Um, and when I realized, wait. I never t- spoke about how to do interviews. Um, I was actually amazed. So what I actually did is I went back to one of the articles that I wrote uh, previously on how to conduct interviews. And I'm basically repurposing that today because I think it's something that's so valuable. I enjoy it. And I want to share um, some of that with you in terms of how do you do it and how do you do it well? How do you how do you let your interview stand out from the crowd? How, how, how do you make it so that the quality is on point how do you keep it going we're going to talk about all of that stuff so this is episode number 214 as i mentioned in the beginning and if you you have questions um you you want to find the show notes you i mean questions about you know something that i covered what what was that tool that he spoke about for recording interviews or anything of that sort head on over to becomeablogger.com slash 214 214 um so any of the links and the resources that i mentioned they're going to be there a pdf transcript so that you can download it and access it wherever when ever once you have your um, device, whether it's a, a, a computer or a, a mobile device, you can get access to it that way. So let's get into this episode for today. 
interviews, doing interviews. This is one of the things, as I mentioned, that I really enjoy. It's one of the, 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 the my favorite things that I do in my business. I don't do them often enough. <laughs> and I'm actually going to start doing more because I've been meeting so many awesome people with interesting stories um, that I know can provide value to you. So I'm going to be doing um, many more interviews in the future. Um, and I love it. I, I said that already, but I, I do love it. Um, but I know for a fact, because I've spoken to people about this before, I know that it can it can be something that sounds um, overwhelming to, to many bloggers and podcasters. or it, it, it can sound like there are so many things that you need to keep track of. You may not know what you should be using, what's the best technology to use, and all that kind of stuff. So I want to simplify it. I want to make it simple so that you can go out there and start doing interviews. Now, before I talk about the mechanics of how to do it, first we're gonna we're gonna give I'm gonna give you some reasons, and then we're gonna go into the technology. What equipment do you need? Uh, we're gonna talk about how do you go about scheduling your interview and getting um, the right guests and all that stuff. We're gonna talk about how do you prepare for your interview. Um, we're gonna talk about whether you should prepare questions or not prepare questions. We're gonna talk about structuring your interviews. Um, and then I'm going to give you some ninja tips. Uh, well, one main ninja tip um, that you can use for making your interviews awesome. Um, we're going to talk about some other things like during the interview, what do you do and, and, and so on and how do you get better and all these types of things. So a lot of information um, to go into in this episode. So let's start with the reasons. Why should you, a blogger, Maybe a podcaster. Maybe you're not a podcaster as yet, but you're thinking about getting into podcasts. Um, why should you consider doing interviews? I'll give you some reasons. Reason number one. I used to live, well, no, I still live in a remote location, but I used to live in a location that was even more uh, remote. It was a very small town in Michigan. It was called Cedar Lake. Uh, Cedar Lake, It well, it's still called Cedar Lake, but it was a very small town um, when I used to teach at a high school. It was a boarding academy, and pretty much the only thing in that that small little town was the academy. So I'm there with a bunch of high school students and um, the teachers and a few community people in the area, but it was very small, not much going on. And as a result of that, I didn't have the ability to, uh, to, to connect with people in person that were doing big things. Interviews opened that up for me because although I was living in Cedar Lake, Michigan, although now I'm living in Little Berrien Springs, Michigan, I can still connect with individuals that are out there doing big things by doing these interviews. And that's a great way to help you to connect with new people. It's a great way to help you to learn from the experiences of others. And that to me, in and of itself, is enough reason. The, the, the ability to connect with others, learn from them, um, uh, 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 find out about their experiences, their mistakes, their successes, how they do the things they do. If there's someone out there that you're admiring what they're doing, um, you know, the ability to, to, to get on a call with that person and pick their brain for 30 minutes or 45 minutes, depending on how long you want to uh, do your interview, that is invaluable. So that's reason number one. Reason number two, 
you're getting to create some awesome content for your audience without having to do all the work of actually creating the content. I don't know about you, but every so often, it's difficult to come up with new content, especially, you know, I've been doing this now for, um, since 2008, so what's that, seven years now, um, and I've been talking about blogging for seven years. Every so often, this might sound surprising, but it's true, I run out of ideas. Or... Maybe I'm just tired. (laughs) Uh, um, But this gives you a way to come up with awesome content without you actually having to to create the content. Yes, you're, you're, you're the one that's putting together the interview. You're the one that's asking good questions. But the core of the content comes from that interviewee. And that is, you know, it, it just makes life relatively easy. So reason number two, you get to create awesome content without actually having to come up with that content yourself. Read Reason number three, and this is also very significant, is that you get to leverage the credibility of your interviewees um, for more exposure. Now, this can come in a number of different ways. If you're someone that's always speaking to experts about specific topics, you're going to be learning, as we mentioned in the first um, reason, you're going to be getting that information from them, but you're also becoming, you, if, if you do it well, uh, people are going to associate you with those experts. And that allows you to leverage their credibility to a certain extent to help you to, 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 to gain more credibility. Okay, so that's one way in which that, um, that, that can play out. Another, another way in which it can happen is um, every so often when you interview someone and let's say this is, person that, this is a person that has a significant amount of exposure or maybe a significant social following, that individual um, might share the interview. And this has happened to me a number of times in the past where, you know, I don't ask them necessarily to share it, um, but they, they they thought it was a good interview. They enjoyed doing it, and they think it's something that's valuable for their audience, so they share it. And that is also leveraging their credibility and their exposure to get more traffic to your interview and, of course, as a result, to your blog. Who knows? How many of those people might subscribe to your email newsletter? How many of those people might become your customers in the future? These are the three main reasons why I would recommend for anyone that's blogging, anyone that's podcasting, to consider doing interviews. Okay, so th- those are the reasons. Now let's talk about the equipment because you need equipment. You want to make sure that you have the right stuff so that your interviews sound good. Um, um, it- it's a professional quality and it's not that difficult to achieve professional quality, um, professional sounding interviews. So let's talk about the equipment that you need. Of course, the first thing you're going to need is a computer. Yes, you can do it without a computer, but I don't recommend it. Um, So a computer, you can use a desktop, you can use a laptop, it can be Mac, it can be PC. I don't care which one you decide to use. Uh, Well, I would prefer for you to use a Mac, of course, but you can use a Mac or PC. It doesn't really make a difference when it comes to recording um, your interviews. So that's number one. Number two is you need a microphone. Now, there are many microphones out there, and I could recommend a number of different ones for a number of different reasons, but the one that I keep coming back to is a very simple, affordable microphone. It's, a, it's, it, it's, um, it's actually a USB microphone, 
and an XLR microphone. USB meaning you can just plug it into your USB port in your computer. XLR means that if you, you know, if in the future, like I have done, I've expanded. Now I have a studio with a mixer and the microphone goes into that mixer. Um, it has also an XLR output that you can plug into a mixer and from there go to your laptop or to your digital recorder or whatever the case might be. So I like the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB. It's a very long name, and I like to say it because it makes you sound a little like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB. Oh, man. That's the name of the microphone that I recommend. You can find it on Amazon, um, relatively affordable, um, but it has the USB, which is good, especially when you're just getting started, and it has the ability, if you upgrade in the future to a more complex setup like what I have, you can still take that microphone along with you. So that's a pretty good entry-level mic that gives you a professional quality sound. So you have your computer. You have your microphone. The next thing you're going to need, earphones. Very important, and this is something that a lot of people overlook. Um, you want to have earphones for the, the following reasons. The following reason, one main reason. Um, when you're interviewing someone and their audio is coming through your speakers, if you have a microphone, that audio that's coming through your speakers from them speaking can feed into the microphone and you get this feedback that you don't want to get. You can get echoes, which is not good. You can get um, all kinds of different types of distortion and you don't want that to be the case. Um, so you want to have earphones or an earpiece. So, um, you know, if you're using, for example, if you're not um, to the point where you're using a USB microphone and you're just using, let's say you have a Mac and you have a, the, 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 the headsets that you use with your phone that has the built-in mic, that's better than just speaking into your laptop. My preference would be for you to have a USB microphone and for you to have a separate set of earphones. The quality doesn't matter because the only thing that's doing is making it so that you can hear your guest. That is not what's going to determine the quality of your recording. So it can be cheap earphones. It can be expensive earphones. I'm not even going to recommend the type. Just have some earphones. Okay. Um, the next thing that I would recommend is for you to use Skype. There are many options for um, doing calls and so on. Skype, I find, is the best quality if you have a good internet connection. Okay, so if you if you have a good internet connection, um, Skype in some cases can sound as good as that person is in the room with you, almost. <laughs> if you're an audiophile and you really listen, sometimes you can hear you can hear the difference. Um, but the quality is really, really good. So Skype would be what I would recommend. I don't recommend Google Hangouts. I don't recommend, you know, anything else. Skype is generally speaking going to give you the best audio quality. And of course, it's free. So that's a good thing. All right. So that's that. Um, and two more things. Number one, you need recording software. Um, I, my, in my podcasting studio, I don't use software um, because I have this elaborate setup with a digital recorder and that can get kind of pricey um, but there's some simple software that you can use um, for example if you're on a mac you can use the ecamm call recorder and of course i have links to this and everything else in the show notes but the ecamm call recorder is kind of like an add-on 
to Skype, where when you make a Skype call, you can simply press the record button and it will record the call for you. Now, it can record video, it can record only audio, you can tell it basically what you want it to do, and it will do that. I do my interviews as only audio, um, and the reason for that, but one of the reasons is that, well, I do an audio podcast and not a video podcast, but number two, when you use video on Skype, that video is actually taking up some of the bandwidth. So I prefer to have just audio so that all of the bandwidth can be devoted to audio so I get the best quality, especially if I'm interviewing someone that's in a, a location where they don't have the best quality, um, the best internet connection. So if you're on a Mac, Ecamm Call Recorder, if you're on a PC, there's a program that um, I've used a few times when I was testing it out on a PC, and that's called Pamela. Okay, so Pamela, it does basically the same thing. You start your Skype call, and you press record, and it will record both sides for you. So that's your recording software. The last thing that you're going to need is editing software. Now, Quick disclaimer here, I don't edit any of my interviews. I don't edit any of my podcasts. I kind of like the raw, you know, uncut. If I stumble over my words, I stumble over my words. And that's just the reality of the way I talk sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I get excited and I lose my train of thought or whatever the case might be. To me, that's real. And I find that people identify with you when you're being real more than anything else. However, there is, um, there are, I know many successful podcasters that edit their interviews. And especially when you're getting started, you may not be as comfortable behind the mic and you might need to edit out some of those mistakes or whatever the case might be. And that's perfectly fine. Um, the program that I recommend is a free program that works very well. It's called Audacity. Um, that's available both on the Mac and on the PC. And you can do many of the basic edits. You know, you can take out your mistakes. You can, um, you can uh, make sure that the, the, the levels are right and all that kind of stuff. You could do a whole bunch of fancy editing if you want to get into it. Um, I prefer to keep it simple, but Audacity is a great program for doing that. Available both on PC and Mac. It's open source, so it's free. And free is not a bad thing. <laughs> All right, so we've dealt with the reasons. We've dealt with the technology. Now let's talk about scheduling the interviews. Um, now, I've, I've, um, since I started interviewing people, um, I've reached out to, man, I can't even tell you how many people I've reached out to um, to, to do interviews. Um, but I can tell you this. I've been turned down maybe twice. And that's because people actually enjoy doing interviews. Um, so scheduling interviews is not as difficult as you may think. I remember um, when I wanted to interview Guy Kawasaki. I didn't know if he would say yes. I was, I was, I was, you know, debating whether I should reach out to him. I sent him an email, and the same day I got an email back from him. He doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know if my podcast gets any listens. But he was happy to come on the interview, and we did that interview. Um, so the first thing I want to say is, don't be afraid to reach out to people, regardless of how big you think they might be. Okay, so. Now, when you when you're gonna when you're reaching out to individual, the first uh, to, to to people to interview, the first thing I want you to be conscious of is how valuable time is. 
One of the most annoying things for a busy person is to get an email that, you know, it's like a dissertation. (laughs) And I've received a number of those. And sometimes it's painful to read because you're doing so many things and you're busy. You want to give each email, you know, the, 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 the time that, that it deserves, but it's difficult to keep up with everything. So my recommendation would, for you would be to send a short email. Um, my emails are very short, and I basically let the individual know that I would like to have them on the show um, um, to talk about XYZ, whatever that thing she, he or she is known for. Um, I might link to a, an example. If this is someone that I don't know, I'd link to an example of a past interview that I've done. And that's pretty much it. Uh, I'll let them know a little bit about what my podcast is about. I let them know what I would like them to come on to talk about. I'd link to a past interview and I'd, you know, wait back to hear from them. And I keep it short, simple, and to the point. Now, um, once that individual agrees to doing the interview, um, there's follow-up that happens. And I like to keep my follow-up pretty simple. Um, There can be back and forth, and I don't like that back and forth in terms of scheduling. So what I've done is I've set up a scheduling page um, using a program that's called, uh, a, a service online that's called Acuity Scheduling acuityscheduling.com. And what that does is it allows me to set my hours. It allows me to set specific types of of appointments. And then I can send them that link. And they can go to that link, pick a date, pick a time, and then get all of the information that they need in an automated way. So I would have an email. I have an email that's set up to go out when that person signs up um, with all of the information they need for the interview. It's done in an automated way. Nobody else has to schedule it. We don't have to do the back and forth. If they need to reschedule, they can reschedule from the confirmation email that they got. It just makes it easier. And if you want to see what my scheduling page looks like, you can go to becomeablogger.com slash schedule. Now, don't go there and just start scheduling stuff, but it'll give you an idea of how I do it. And I find that that makes it very efficient. In that process, it also collects their information. And in collecting their information, I get their Skype ID. I get um, um, their telephone number also just kind of as a backup. And it just makes it really easy. Now, if this is someone that I don't know who they are, I want to have as much information about them as possible. And I've come to the point now where I have a guest interviewee form that I have people fill out that gives me the information um, that's relevant to the interview. So they can provide me with a brief bio. They can let me know what their URLs are. They can let me know if there's anything in particular that they want to promote. Um, and you can see what mine looks like, and you, you can find it at becomeablogger.com slash guest info. Now, of course, as I mentioned before, all of these things are going to be linked to in the show notes. So you can come to becomeablogger.com slash 214, and you will see the links to all of those things. 
Okay, so it just makes it easy because what I like to do is I have my virtual assistant actually go through and and do some research on that person and puts together, you know, a little bit of their story in outline form so that I, I can see what that looks like. Um, I, I can see the information that I need to ask interesting questions. And what I tend to do is um, before the interview, you know, for a few minutes, I just go through the, the research that she put together. Well, this guest interview form makes it easy for her to do the research and get the exact information that she needs so that I can um, do an interview. Now, in the, in the show notes for this episode, I'll also link to an example of the research um, that is done for my guests. And it's going to be from an interview with Paula Prant. I mean, Paula Paula. Pant. Um, I had her on my show a while back, and um, uh, you can see exactly the type of research that I do um, so that I can help you in deciding the type of research that you want to do on that person. I just think it's a good idea to be informed about the person that you're interviewing so that when you're actually conducting the interview, you can ask the best questions. So now let's talk about preparing questions because, I mean, your interview is going to be driven by questions. Now that you have information about that person, um, depending on you, uh, depending on the way you're doing your interviews and depending on the guests, you might want to come up with a list of questions that you plan on asking during the interview. Now, I don't generally do this. I might jot down two or three questions that I know I want to make sure to cover, um, but if, especially if you're just starting out and, if, and not, even if you're not just starting out and you want to make sure that you're going in a specific way, you can create your questions beforehand. And you can send those questions to that individual beforehand so that, so that they can have an idea of what you're, they, they should be prepared for. Because the last thing you want is to be asking them questions and it just comes out of nowhere and they have no idea how to answer the questions, right? Um, so... That preparation, that preparing the questions, that sending it over to them, that is something that can add a significant amount of value. Now, let's talk a little bit about how to structure your interviews. Now, I'm just going to tell you how I structure my interviews. This is not how you have to do it, but you can take some tips from this um, and apply it to your interviews. You can modify it, tweak it to match your style and all that stuff. But first, I I start with the podcast introduction. And in the podcast introduction, it's similar to what you heard at the beginning of this show. I introduced the podcast. I introduced the show, basically. Um, and then I gave a brief guest biography. And that guest biography is from that little bio that they filled out. And if they didn't fill it out, it's from what, the research, what, what my virtual assistant um, gathered in her research. Uh, And then I let people know what the purpose of the interview is. So in this interview, in this episode, um, we have Paula Pant on, and and then I say who she is based on her bio. And then I can say, in today's interview, we're going to talk about how to use stories to enhance your blog. Okay? So... That's my podcast introduction. I introduce the show. I do the the, the brief guest bio, and then I I b- briefly state this is the purpose of the interview. This is what we want to get at, and then I actually get into the interview. And in the interview, what I do um, is first I start with a hook. 
Um, and then I go into the background information. And I, I want to talk a little bit about um, this hook concept because this is the ninja tip that I want for you to, to, to pay attention to. Most of the interviews you listen to these days, at least most of the interviews that I listen to these days, start in a very similar way where they ask that individual to tell me a little bit about yourself or how did you get into what you're doing right now? That is very common. This is what you see on most interviews and it kind of makes sense because it's a logical flow. Let's talk about how you got into what you're doing um, and then we go on with the other information depending, the, the other questions depending on the nature of the interview. My ninja tip for this hook, because you want to you wanna grab people's attention from the very beginning. So instead of starting at the beginning and working your way up, I would recommend for you to start in the middle of the story. Um, get directly to, to action um, uh, by either taking, uh, by, by either talking about something exciting that that individual is doing now or some kind of results that they've achieved, um, something fun and exciting. Um, uh, this can really, you know, capture people's attention and say, you know, if, 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 if you hook me at that beginning, I'm going to want to listen to the backstory for sure because I want to understand how you got to this point. Um, the ancient Greek storytellers like Homer and, and, and Sophocles, they're the ones that kind of started this tradition. They would start their stories in the middle of the drama and then quickly hook their audience's attention and then continue on. That's a tip that I, I would encourage you to explore. Instead of starting at the beginning, start with something exciting. Start with something that's happening now. Start with you know a valuable lesson or something of that sort. Then go back and fill in the information. Okay, so we, 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 we have the hook and now we're going for the background information. Um, now that we have their attention, we can go back. We can fill in the details. We can provide some brief background on the guests. We can, you, you can go into to, 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 to talking a little bit about their story or talking a lot about their story. You want to paint them in the best possible light as, as, as well as mention the details that's important to that individual. All right, so you want to guide them through that process. Now, there, there. Let's let's talk about the Skype call itself because um, what happens during the call is very important. It is critical, and I want to give you some tips um, so that you can make sure you're you're doing an awesome interview. So, tip number one: you want to at the beginning when you get on that call. Um, you want to make that person feel welcomed. Um, you you, you want to make sure that they're not uncomfortable. So you can start with a little bit of conversation. You want to respect their time, right? You don't want to talk for, you know, 30 minutes and then start the interview um, because their time is valuable. Um, but you want to warm them up. And it, it and it just, you know, welcome to the call. How are you doing today? And, um, you know, just... Polite conversation. You're starting polite conversation. Um, then you want to interview. You want you want to let them know how the interview is going to run. Tell them, you know, give them an idea of how long they can expect that the interview is going to last. 
um, for me, since I do all of my interviews and my podcast episodes, um, I put in the music and all that stuff. I do it all right there on the call. I let them know that they're going to hear the intro music and, and they're going to hear the sounds and then I'm going to do the intro and then I'm going to bring them in um, and so on. I let them know that in advance. Then you want to test the audio levels. The last thing you want is to record this interview and when when you're finished, you realize, man, the, the audio is so soft. You want to test the levels to make sure that they're at an, an appropriate level, both your audio and their audio. If they're really soft, you might ask them to come a little closer to the mic. You might ask them to turn up the volume on the mic. Um, you might ask them to turn it down if it's a little too loud. Um, uh, then you want to answer any questions that they may have um, before you hit record because they might not understand how something is supposed to run, but they might not be comfortable asking the question. You, you want to know that right at the beginning. Ask them, do you have any questions? And if they do, you want to answer those questions. And then, of course, if you've prepared questions, you want to go through the process of asking those questions. But here's the important part. You want, it's, it's more important to listen than to ask. It is more important to listen than to ask. I might ask a question that's on my list of questions, and this, the, the, my guess raises an interesting point that doesn't go in the direction that I planned on going, but goes in a better direction. You want to make sure to listen to those things and then ask follow-up questions. If something unexpected comes up, don't just be like, Okay, and now let's move on to the next question. No, stick on that thing that's unexpected because in those spontaneous moments, some magic can happen. So you want to make sure to listen, 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 listen. Probe a little deeper. Ask probing questions. Ask good follow-up questions depending on what that individual is saying. Last point is you want to pay attention to the flow and be aware of your goal. You know, at the beginning, you set some expectations. You let them know this is what we're going to cover. This is what we're trying to accomplish. You want to make sure that you get to that point. You want to make sure, you want your audience to be able to, um, it, it might be that you want them to be able to do something. You want them to be able to understand something. Make sure that by the end of the interview, you've navigated them to the point of reaching that goal. Okay, so those are some tips for conducting the interview. Last thing I want to talk about is getting better. Because <laughs> quite frankly, if you if you were to listen to my first interview, my first interview was actually an interview with Pat Flynn. Um, <laughs> it was not a good interview. Not because he wasn't a good guest, but because I wasn't good at interviewing. I had to practice. I had to learn. I actually took a course on how to do interviews. Um, and I listened to a lot of people that have done interviews. So it's something that you get better at over time, just like with podcasting, just like with blogging, just like with anything. The more you do it, the better you become. When I started, I knew that I wanted to improve. I knew that I wanted to get better. And I have gotten better because I looked at others and I saw that what they were doing. So I want to recommend some people that you can maybe pay attention to and see what they're doing. And of course, there are many others, but these are some examples that I've, I've learned a lot from 
in terms of how they do interviews. Number one, <laughs> number one is the queen of interviews, in my opinion. And that, of course, is none other than Oprah Winfrey. Here's what I love about Oprah. I love the way she captures the raw emotion of the person that she's interviewing. Whoever is in front of her, whoever is the guest that's on stage, regardless of the topic, regardless of anything, she uses great conversational techniques to guide her guests into opening up. And that is so powerful, the way she probes and the way she gets them to open up um, in in many cases in very emotional ways. I think there's a lot of power in, in, in that. So Oprah Winfrey is a good person to just check out. I'm not saying, you know, study everything she does, but look at what she's doing and see how you can apply some of that in the way you ask your questions. Then there's Larry King. Oh man, you know what he is good at? Listening. If you ever watch an interview that he's conducting, you'll see that he asks a question and then you know what he does? He shuts up. That's that's what he does. And and sometimes <laughs> that shutting up, that pause, um it it's really poignant. Um it's really like powerful because there's this silence and then the guest breaks the silence maybe the guest had to think about something and then they start to give their opinion but he waits for them he listens to them and the way he does it and the way that guides the rest of his interview is extremely powerful and then someone that's um, that that's more online as opposed to traditional media, um, Andrew Warner, host of Mixergy, home of the ambitious upstart. He interviews um, entrepreneurs um, that are out there doing great things. And what I love is the way he pulls information he's like an he's like a magnet for information um uh he pulls the information out of people to the point where they reveal much more than they ever expected to reveal and i remember listening to a bunch of interviews where the guests would basically say man i can't believe i'm revealing all this stuff you're good you're getting me to pull you're pulling all this stuff out of me and that is powerful because the result is that your interview becomes something that's unlike any other interview that that person has done. And that, to me, is extremely powerful. So that's, that's the last part. You know, that's how you get better at doing these interviews. We've covered the technology. We've covered the structure. We've covered getting guests. We've covered how do you get better and all that good stuff. And I hope you got some, a lot of value from that. And I hope that you would consider doing interviews in the future. So my question for you, I'm going to end this on a question as I usually do, and that is this. Have you done any interviews? If you have, this is what I want you to do. I want you to come to the show notes, becomeablogger.com slash 214. And I want you to actually leave a link to an interview that you've done. Because I like, I'd love to see it. I'd love to check, check out what you've done. So becomeablogger.com slash 214. And if you haven't done interviews, is this something that you're considering doing in the future? Let us know. Becomeablogger.com slash 214. I hope you got a lot of value from this episode. 
Um, and if you're not subscribed to this podcast and you want to be updated whenever there's new content, head on over to becomeablogger.com slash podcast. I have some instructions there showing you basically how to subscribe depending on you know if you're on an iPhone or if you're on an Android device or whatever the case may be you can check out how to do that and also if you consider leaving a rating and or review for the podcast in iTunes that really helps to get additional exposure for the podcast it's a great way of supporting the show now if you're trying to start a blog where you can create content inspire others and change the world while building your online business head on over to freebloggingvideos.com where you get my free course where I show you how to start a blog and turn it into a business. That's pretty much it for this episode. This is Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com. We're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. Wow, that was an awkward delay. <laughs> Sorry about that. And God bless. 888 <laughs> Oh, man.